Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be in the house of God today. Aren't you glad? And we are going to enter the word of God straight away. Father, we thank you for your word. The Bible tells us that the entrance of your word brings light. It is this light that gives understanding to the simple. Therefore, today, may your light shine in deeper ways. May your light shine in greater ways. Give us the spirit of revelation and understanding. Let there be an encounter with your word that will change us and that will transform us to the glory of your holy name. And all God's people say, Amen. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people think they need a lot of things. But in reality, you do not need a lot of things. You need, even if it is one word from God, that one word can reorchestrate your destiny and change the course of your life forever. So when you sit in church, what you want is an encounter with the word. It's an encounter with the spirit of revelation. All right? I preached a sermon sometime back called the spirit of revelation. You should listen to that word over and over again until it produces its results in you. Okay? I am saying this before I start preaching because the word we are bringing to you today is such a strong, mighty word that it will raise your life. It will build your life to become one who is fearless. One who takes on opportunities by their horns. You know, there are opportunities that have horns. And you grab it because... The kingdom of God suffers violence and it is violent men and women, okay, that take it and they take it by force. Hallelujah. So today we continue our sermon series. Those who know their God shall do exploits. You see, I told you that this month of November is a month of great exploits. Great exploits. Because some people have learned to take the word of God serious. And then there are some people who sit and hear all these words and they say, wow, that was good. Then the moment they get out, they go back and do whatever else they thought. But those who know their God shall carry out great exploits. Hallelujah. And in the first 
episode because here we teach in series. In our first episode, we looked at the reality of the covenant. And we said one of the biggest challenges and one of our biggest problems is the lack of understanding of this covenant. Because everything you are going to face in life is actually a covenant issue. And so you must understand the covenant. So you will find that the devil is really after one thing and one thing only. Our covenant with God. Because this covenant that we have with God is the source of our strength. This covenant we have with God is the source of great exploits. And so when you are ignorant of the covenant that God has with us, then you can't receive the empowerment that comes with the covenant. Glory be to his name. So the moment the enemy gets to succeed in getting you to violate the covenant... Or to work negatively against the covenant. The moment the enemy uh, convinces you otherwise other than the covenant. To some of you, he just makes sure you never know about it. There's a Marvel's movie. You probably have seen it. This boy went on a certain island and... I don't know whether it was a plane crash or something, but he stayed away for a long time. But when he was there, his father and mother had the largest company. So when he was there, he learned to do judo. And his hand was strong. But when he came back, he realized that these guys who were running the company had kept a certain secret. And the secret was that his father had left the ownership of this company in his hands. Okay? So it is with many believers. Or you will say, I believe in Jesus. Is he your Lord? Yes, he is my Lord. All you will know about is your salvation. Oh, I was saved. And by the way, the salvation you understand is fireproof salvation. You know fireproof salvation? When I get to die, I don't go in the fire. I go somewhere else. That's the salvation. So you are sitting in church just to wait until you die and you don't get into the fire and that's enough for you. I mean, I also don't want to go in the fire. But in reality, there is more to this salvation. There is more. There is a covenant that starts to operate immediately. Hallelujah. And so, when the enemy succeeds in causing you to violate this covenant, you know what happens? Even God himself, in all his sovereignty, he can't help you. You know why? Because God has limited the boundaries of his operation to be within the covenant. He's a principled God. And so, if the enemy gets you to walk outside of the principles of the covenant, then get back. You realize the story of the prodigal son. Did the father go and look for the son? Was the son still entitled to a bed in the father's house? Did the son eat with pigs? Wasn't there food at home? 
Did the father go and tell him, son, there is food, come. What did the father do? He sat and was always waiting and looking at the road. And so a lot of you, a lot of us, all we need to do is run back home. Now, a lot of us are eating with pigs. Yeah, you are living a life lower than you are supposed to live with. Why? Because the enemy has blinded you to the covenant that God has with you. Your greatest battle, men of our greatest battle, is not to be strong, but rather to understand and to stay in the covenant. That's it. Believe the covenant. Walk in the covenant. Choose to take God at his word because those that know their God shall be strong and they shall carry out great exploits. That's why, listen, uh, there are many scriptures. And by the way, I, I don't know, I've never met a Bible study that tells you to memorize the covenant passages. But let me tell you, my people, one of the greatest scriptures you should memorize and have it in your mind is Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 to 12. Because the same scripture is in Jeremiah chapter 30, 31 from verses 33. Uh, but some of you, I know how your mind works. And someone will convince you and tell you that is the Old Testament. Okay, let's go and find it in our testament. Hebrews chapter 8 from verses 10 to 12. You don't have to guess what is the covenant. You don't have to try to figure out what is the covenant. Here is the covenant. Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. Number one, I will put my laws in their mind. Someone say, I have his laws in my mind. You have God's laws. That's why you don't need the law. You already have the law. Okay? We are not under the law, but we are not lawless. We have the law of God written on our minds. Again, and number two, uh-huh, and I will write them on their hearts. So that is why, you know, there are people who will abuse you. And they go back and they even celebrate, I showed her. And they sleep very well. They are okay. Now, if you are born again, like you are sure you are born again, you try it. You will abuse someone. And after you abuse someone, you go and try to sleep and you can't sleep. And the covenant is at work in you. I know, I know there are some of you who have tried to fornicate. Yes. And you fornicated and then you thought by washing ten times. No. Let me tell you, it is the covenant working on. I'm telling you. And the devil is a liar because he will tell you, no, 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 you will enjoy. You will enjoy. You drink some. You drink some. You will enjoy. You are with friends. When you are with your friends, you, you drink, you feel like you are okay. Then they go in their taxi. You also take your... And the law of God that is on your heart. Eh? 
begins to act. You even arrive at church late that day because you think someone, it's not someone. The Holy Spirit is in you and his law is written where? In your heart. Do yourself a favor. Just obey him when he starts saying. Before you drink, the Holy Spirit says, uh-uh, uh-uh. You are like, you guys, you, you don't have a speed governor inside. I have a law written in my heart. And that law is not necessarily about just sin. Because sometimes you are seated in a chair and your mother comes in the room and the law tells you, stand up, give her the chair. And let me tell you, my children, the more you learn to obey the covenant, the greater your success in this life also becomes. So he says, number one, I will put my laws in their mind. Let's read together. Number two, I will be their God and they shall be my, come on. This is my God. This is my, my God. And let's continue and finish it then we come. Uh -huh. Verses 11. None of them shall teach their neighbor and their his brother saying, know the Lord. Why? For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Now this is talking about you and me. Verses 12 he says, now, some of you are pretending like you don't have any unrighteousness. But I know that you do. Yes. But look at God's covenant with you. This is not, it's not just an idea he has in the head. Hallelujah. It is not just an idea he has in the head. It is a covenant he has made. The covenant says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Now, you thank God. God, I want you to really thank God that I am not God. Hallelujah. Because it is very difficult to be merciful to someone who has been unrighteous to you. But he says, I will remember no more. Okay. Okay. So that was first episode. Then last Sunday, we handled the aspect of your God, my God. In the sermon entitled, this is my God. When you get into the covenant, and by the way, God has made several covenants with people. And all the covenants are about establishing a relationship. But then he realized that the first covenant, the relationship, because in the first covenant, you had a part to play. God had a part to play. You failed at your part. We failed at our part. That's why you cannot go back in the old covenant. That's why Paul spent a lot of ministry fighting the old covenant. Why? Because the old covenant had a fault. A fault. And you know what fault was? The fault was you and me. We were the weak aspect of that covenant. We couldn't keep our part of the covenant. So what did God do? He came and removed that aspect and that part and he left. When he made a new covenant, he made it in such a way that it allows him to do his part and also do my part. It's the reason Jesus became a man. Oh, glory be to him. 
This is why we celebrate Jesus. Because God decided, okay, there was man's part and there was my part. Man failed at his part. Let me become a man, but I am God. <laughs> hey, I become a man without losing my godness. I do man's part so that all men can be hidden in me. And whoever believes that becomes my person and they become my personal person. Hi, be to God. So, friends, what we are dealing with right now is that God has made a proposal to you. But just like all men who have tried to get married will attest, every proposal needs a response. When I told my wife, I gave my proposal. I made a presentation with point one, point two, point three up to point seven. Why? She's the right person. None of those points involved God said. Even though actually I had had an actual audible voice. But none of the seven points involved. You see, and then God told me none. So God has made a proposal. When I made a proposal to my wife, she told me, okay, you give me three months to think about it. Can you imagine? It's like a full term. I said, no, 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 no. I can't wait for three months. I give you only 30 days. Hey. So even God is in that 30 days of waiting for you if you've not yet said yes. So you must say yes to his what? To his proposal. Hallelujah. But so we said all of those things last week. Today, it's a new series. It's a new sermon. And this is my sermon title today. Our sermon title today is You Shall Be Strong. Someone say, I shall be strong. Come on, shout it louder. I shall be strong. Again, I shall be strong. Is someone excited about being strong? Hello. Daniel 11 verses 32. He says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people that know their God uh -huh, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now there's something uh, about that phrase, the people that know their God shall be strong. That word shall, shall, someone says shall. Again, shall. Again, shall. It's a legal language. It's a legal language. All the lawyers in the house will tell you when you are writing a law, you write it using such language shall which means this is a matter that is established this is a matter that can be can only be changed by a, an enactment of another law so when god says those who know their god shall be strong it says this matter has been established by law. In other words, any man that knows their God 
when you make, when you come to an understanding oh, that God is my God, <laughs> you activate the law of strength. Yes, you activate the law of strength. In other words, last Sunday, someone is very important for you to internalize. Uh, when you walk at a place where, whether through the fire, he's my God. Whether through the waters, he's my God. When I have problems, he's my God. When I am happy, he is my God. When I have a bad dream, he is my God. When I have a nice dream, he is my God. When I go to America, he is my God. When I am in China, he is my God. In Kameramaido, he is my God. <laughs> when God is established and enthroned as your God, you activate the law of strength. Someone said, this is my God. I shall be strong. Hallelujah. I shall be. I shall be. I shall be. I shall be. Why this is my God. Ooh. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You see, this is what Daniel, Message, Sadrach, Abednego, eh? this is what these boys understood. They simply knew we may not know anything as much, but one thing we are so sure of, God is my God. I have a God. I do have now, let me ask you, do you have a God? I will ask you again. Do you have a God? It is knowing and understanding that I have my God, my God that activates the law of strength. These boys, you know, King Nebu, I just call him Nebu, eh? Sadrach, Message. Abednego, Daniel, they couldn't call him Neb. But me, now, he's dead. He's going to do nothing to me. King Neb thought he was the greatest. And these boys told him, Mr. King, sir, we understand you have a fire. But just because you have a fire does not mean you are the only one who has a fire. You see, just because your boss can give you a salary. They are not the only ones that can sustain you. Ah, ah. You know, that is where people compromise and have big challenges. No, 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 no. no. Just because someone has a signature to sign for you, it doesn't mean they're the only ones who have a signature. I have my God. You know, you enter in an office, someone is troubling you, disturbing you. Understand, strength comes from understanding that you have your, your God, your God, your God. For those who know their God shall be, shall be. It is an established law. As long as I know my God, I shall be strong. So I am not working to become strong. No, what I am working is in the light of my knowledge. About my God. You see, Nebu, you have a fire. But even my God has a fire. 
Your fire can kill people here on earth. My God is fire. Because when we are talking about strength, yeah, we are not talking like, you know, Golola, eh? the strength of Golola. Uh -uh, uh -uh. When the scriptures are talking about strength, we are talking about the act of being fearless. We are talking about the act, yeah, the place where you are fearless, you are bold. You, you are not terrified by current happenings. You know when people are here and they are saying, you know, anti-economy, me, I don't say those things. If you are in the economy of Uganda, I am in the heavenly economy. Why? I know, my God. I know. So Nebuchadnezzar lights up his fire and he says, you won't bow down. You won't bow down. Sir, we respect you enough. We are not meaning to be uh, obstinate. Nor are we meaning to be hard-headed. But you are a king and there is a king of kings. This is why I can't sleep with you to give me a job. You know, when we are bringing our mixer, there is this, you are a woman I met. And she told me, Pastor, you are going to pay a tax of 10 million. I said, but the mixer doesn't even cost that much. You've even checked everywhere. And you see. He said, no, me, that's what I've decided. I said, but you can decide otherwise. He said, you go, I'll call you back. So I went. And she called me back. And I went back. And she said, now, pastor, let's do this. You can pay a tax of four million. But you have to have another two million that has no receipt. I said, but I can't have two million without a receipt. I can't. I am a pastor. How... How will I preach to you tomorrow? Yeah? Using the same mixer, I am going to preach to you and I give you a two million that has... No. So, by the way, madam, that has actually told me that this mixer can pay a tax of four million. So, just do a good thing. Like, just be a good person and... Write us a tax of four million and we pay. She said, no. Even get angry. I said, okay, you write the one of 10 million. We will pay the one of 10 million in the government. So we paid a tax of 10 million for something we should have paid a tax of four million. And I was looking at her and I was having very big mercy because this is not my money. It is God's money. You understand? Recently, I went back. She's not there. She was fired. Because those who know their God shall be strong. And they shall do. You know why? Because you, you people. Knowing God produces a certain boldness. A certain boldness. It comes with a certain strength that makes you a formidable force against the enemy. That is why the devil doesn't want you to know the covenant. You go and read this scripture in Daniel 11 as we talked about in the first episode of this series. Uh, the, the northern king who was evading Israel, the one we are talking about in this thing, when he was defeated somewhere else, he came and began to disregard and to, to, to 
to, to deal wickedly with the people of the holy covenant. And there is always a spirit from hell that is fighting your understanding of this covenant. Hallelujah. And God is saying, I want you to know how I deal with you. I deal with you from a place of mercy and not a place of wrath anymore. You understand? I deal with you from a place of love and not a place of anger anymore. Why? Because of the sacrifice of the cross. I deal with you from a place of favor and not from a place of uh, disadvantages. Oh, those who know their God shall be. Now, when you look at the Old Testament, you will discover that every time God tells people to be strong, it is a commandment. It's a command. God commands you and says, be strong. For example, in Joshua chapter 1, verses 9, the Bible says, have I not commanded you? Now, you look at this. First of all, Joshua, I am with you and I'm going to go with you wherever you go. Now, because of that, I have to command you to be what? Be strong and of good courage. So, to be strong was commanded. Alright? Now, when God gives a command, it must be obeyed. Right? However, and by the way, this applies to all commands and laws that have been given by God. In the New Testament, something amazing happens. I want you to understand the next principle I am about to give you so well. Because it will change your life. In the Old Testament, God commands. Now, for us who are in the New Testament, whatever was a command in the Old Testament becomes a work of grace accomplished in us by the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Please, you have to understand this. What was a command in the Old Testament. For us who are in the New Testament, it becomes a work of grace accomplished in us by the Holy Spirit. And so when God in the Old Testament, he would command the people and say, be strong, don't fear, be of good courage. When it comes to the New Testament, he says, uh -uh, in the New Covenant, I am not commanding I am saying you shall be. I am strong. Some of you may need to go back and listen to this a couple of times in order to actually fully get the implications of that. But what God commanded, I'll give you another example. For example, when he said, thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not murder. In the New Testament, you just don't feel like murdering. When he says, thou shalt not lie, you shall not lie. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit works in you by his grace to accomplish that which was commanded in the Old Testament. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So this means that our strength eh, comes not just from us, 
but from God himself. And this is how we win. The more you know God, the more fearless you become. And the more bold you become. Now, there are two areas of strength that the New Testament makes imperative for us. Number one is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10. Let's read together. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is one area in the New Testament that we must be strong in. And it says, your strength is not so, it's not our strength, but his, it's not our might, but his might. Hallelujah. So, I draw my strength and I draw my confidence in the Lord and in the power of his might. When I am weak, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 10. He says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. Why? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. Why? For Christ's sake. A man and a woman must come to the, rea to the realization that the only thing you must be strong in really is be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Not in your education. In the Lord. Be strong. Not in language. You see, there are preachers who can be strong in, in utterance. In words. Hallelujah. But you concentrate on being strong in the Lord. In fact, when you are weak in the Lord, you will be weak in all other areas. You can have as many doctorates as exists in the world. But if you are not strong in the Lord, your enemy will defeat you. Friends, do you understand what I'm saying? So, Paul tells us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not my power, not my power. I am not scared because I am stronger than you. Hey! But I know who I have believed. You see, I am not strong because I think you cannot kill me. No, 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 no. You have the power of the gun. Thank you. You have all the lawyers. You have all. Thank you. Have all of that. What did David tell Goliath? You come to me with a spear and a but I come to you in the name. Be strong in the Lord. Someone say, I shall be strong because I know my God. When I am weak, then I am strong <laughs> because I know the might and the power of his might. Hallelujah. 
I know my God. 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 I may be where I am today, but I know my God. I may be what I am today, but I know my God. I may not have what to eat today, but I know my God. I may not have a job today, but I know my God. My things may not be moving well right now, but I know for those that know their God shall be strong and shall do hallelujah. Then there is a second area in which you must be strong. And all of these two areas, so what is area number one? Shout it out. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Number two, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1. Can we read it together? In which area is the scripture telling you to be strong in now? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, be strong in the grace. Be strong in the grace. You know what that is saying? There is grace available for you and me. What that scripture is first of all saying is that there is grace available for you and for me. Okay? What the scripture is saying is that there is grace available for you and me. There is grace available. There is grace available. There is grace available. And so you discover that our salvation is all a work of grace. There is grace available. And Paul is saying, my son, be strong in that grace that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Be strong in that grace. His grace is available for you and for me. And so he says, be strong in the grace that is within our Lord Jesus Christ. Be strong in the grace that is in our Lord. Are you in Christ Jesus? Then there is grace that is available for you. Now, recently, I taught you a bit about the dimensions of grace. The three dimensions of grace that you must be strong in now. Number one, the first dimension of grace is saving grace. Someone says saving grace. Saving grace is the grace by which we are saved. You and I are saved by grace and not of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift that God gives to us. Hallelujah. It's a gift that God gives to us. It's a work of his grace. But the, dim the second dimension of grace is unmerited favor. Someone say unmerited favor. Uh, 
some of you, you may need to look a bit deeper into these things. But if you pay close attention now, you will be able to understand something. Unmerited favor is when you are able to access what you are not qualified for. You receive what you do not reserve. And you don't receive what you would deserve. Unmerited favor. So one of the things that me I am aware of in my life is that favor follows me. So one time, a friend of mine takes me to meet a very big celebrity in Uganda. And it was my first time to meet with this guy. Now, when I got to his place, there was a line of people that had lined up, and big people, who had lined up since morning to just see this guy. But me, I don't line up because of favor. I'm telling you, I tried to sit at the last end of the line. But somehow, somewhere, someone identified who I was and moved me from the back of the line to the front of the line. And then, this dude who had taken me, they were buddies with the celebrities. So he entered in and then came and peeped out and said, come, let's go in. So we went. We, we sat with a dude. We were talking. We talked like five sentences and then he said, wait a minute, I have to say something. Okay? He said, you know me. Chogana Muruganda. I've sat with presidents. I said, yes. I have sat with kings. I said, yes. I've sat with people who have money. I said, yes. And he has. He's also a big name. And he said, now, I had hardly been in his office for five minutes. We had just met for the first time. And then, I said, yes. And finally, he said, but when I talk to you, I feel like we are brothers. I had not spent more than five minutes. So he said, even before we go, I don't know what you want to tell me, but I want to give you my real WhatsApp number. Yes, there's a, a WhatsApp number you can't, you receive replies, but it's not him. Say, I feel like we are brothers. We should have lunch together. We should meet sometimes and just talk. I, I feel we are brothers. Praise the name of Jesus. If I told you the guy I'm talking about, you would also know him because you've seen him on TV. Or you have seen him on a poster somewhere. Glory be to God. I just want you to understand my point. My point is, when you are in the covenant, there is favor that follows you. Those who know their God shall be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? First of all, those who know their God, they shall be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Number two, they shall be strong in the grace that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, someone give glory to God. And so you begin to realize that you enter places and people just want to do good things for you. You are at an airport and you see this woman 
at the counter she's speaking terribly to everybody terribly and when when you get there she's like hello sir how may i help you everything changes why because of favor unmerited you didn't pay her you no 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 favor hallelujah you have favor following your life and i want you to be strong in the grace that is upon your life so the second dimension of grace is that favor unmerited things good things happen in your life some of you you may need to spend this week when every now and then you remind your heart you remind your head i am favored i am beloved i am highly favored i am not just favored i am highly favored i don't deserve it but i got it i don't deserve it but i got it i don't deserve it but i got it people like my things i don't know why they do they just like my things people like my messages i don't know why but they just like my messages why because of favor big men invite me to their parties i don't know why even me i fear going there but i got favor in my clan when they are when they have a meeting they have to wait for me to arrive why i also don't know i have no ideas to tell them but somehow they think i have good ideas why favor 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 so be strong in the grace that is in the lord jesus christ the for the third dimension of grace is what i would call empowerment grace someone say empowerment grace now there is a dimension of grace that empowers you to do great things yesterday i was preaching somewhere and the bishop i was preaching for you see now i'm preaching for bishops god is favor hallelujah the bishop i was preaching for after i preached he has never been here he has never been here how he has even got me to preach at his church is also called favor so as i was preaching he said wait a minute are you the guys that have a white tent by the roadside i said yes i said i was there i looked at that place i said who owns this place i said say it is us said how where and how did you get such prime property as a church i said muse there's a thing called empowerment grace empowerment grace empowers you to do what could otherwise not be possible ha oh i feel the prophetic coming upon me right now to prophesy upon a man and a woman in this place to say to you there are things people have called big there are things people have said these are too high for them but because you have been strong in the lord and in the grace that he provides my friend god is raising you 
to do great and powerful things. Your companies will not only reach Uganda, they will be for Africa and for the world in Jesus' name. It's a dimension of grace that enables you to do more, to do more. You people, some of us must learn to receive certain things. Uh, since you are standing up, you come. You come. Someone help her with. Because, you know, sometimes when we are talking about some things, you must learn to receive them. You must learn to receive them. We talk about empowerment grace. And I said that some of you, your companies, I said your companies are going to be empowered by God. It's a work of grace. It's a work of grace. Raise up your hands and receive this grace that moves your company from a small cottage company to a beauty company that reaches the world in Jesus' name. May you have people more educated than you work for you in Jesus' name. May you have people more intelligent than you work for you. It is a work of grace. May you have people who have more access than you want your products in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Someone say, I shall be strong. I shall be strong. I know my God. This is my God. It's a covenant issue. You know, because um, No. It's a covenant issue. I am not promoted because I have the best experience overall. You should work with that consciousness. You are not the kind that writes a proposal and it's not accepted. No. When you think you are late, it will just be right on time. Hallelujah. I walk in grace. Now, some of you have done exams already. You have done exams. I told you I already entered some prophetic place. Shele Balakata. Some of you have done exams. I don't know whether I'm speaking to some people who have done exams here. Some of you may already be, you may be doing exams now. But even the exams you have finished doing, it is because of this grace of God that you are going to pass them. Some of you will receive examiners who will look at your number and say, one on a number, not anyway, come away, Max. Like that. Like that. It is, I don't know why, because I wanted to talk a lot more about empowerment grace. But I feel favor. I feel favor. Makalaba. I feel favor. Starting this week, I decree and I declare that you will walk in uncommon favor. You will walk in uncommon favor. 
You will walk in uncommon favor. You will walk in uncommon favor. People will want to do for you things you didn't ask them to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Opportunities come your way that you were not ready for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I see you filling in forms. In Jesus' name. They are being received. They are being accepted. In Jesus' name. How many of us here, either this week or this month, you either have been, because I saw different people filling in forms. Filling in forms on their computers. And then I also see others writing forms that they have printed out. Uh, the rest of us can sit down. But the people I'm talking about stand up. Because this is your opportunity to be favored by God. And I don't know why... You have been filling in forms, but I hear scholarships. I hear advancement. I see greater opportunities. I see greater opportunities. Now, in the name of Jesus, I unleash upon you this grace called favor. I place upon you by the mighty hand of God. This grace called favor. Your forms shall be accepted. They shall be favorably reviewed. In Jesus' name. The men and the women that will hold them, will read them, will treat them favorably. In Jesus' name. Receive this grace called favor. Receive this grace called favor. In Jesus' name. Let's give a hand clap to God. Hallelujah. So the people that know their God shall be and they shall carry out. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word brings life. And we hear that life in this place. So now in the name of Jesus we pray. That Holy Spirit, you will move all these men and these women into that dimension of great favor. That our people will be strong in you. According to the grace unleashed on this house today. That your gospel will be their anchor continuously. If there is anyone among us who you want to give your life to Jesus and be born again. While we are still seated and you are also seated there. I want you to raise your, one of your hands and put the other one in your chest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And would you repeat these words with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I decide with my heart to give you my life. I declare that you are my Lord, you are my King, and you are my Savior. Today I choose to be born again. Come into my heart, Holy Spirit, and give me the gift of salvation. Forgive all my sins. 
and wash away all my iniquities. I receive the gift of your forgiveness and the gift of your righteousness. From today, I move forward and backwards never. In Jesus' name, amen. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.